people and we must do it if we don't control insiders this will be over and over to lead by an a big fat love find common ground to hold the spread of lies and we must do it big fat love find common ground to hold the spread of lies and a Pogomix.net. Home run, as far as I'm concerned. If you don't like, okay, okay, I get it. It's a tr- I'm actually playing the song for a reason. Because um, my next guest, Richard Ryder, isn't a, he's not a Trump supporter. And Richard's is just a little joke, just kind of thought it would be fun to bring um, the episode in with this little ditty. If you haven't seen the video, check it out. Just go on and do Trumpular by Pogo. Trumpular, like T-R-U-M-P-U-L-A-R. And uh, what's funny about it is it, it's, it entails video of Trump that's that's not fake. You know, he's, he's like on dancing and stuff, and it's, it's actually him. You don't have to fake that stuff. There is a section where um, he has like a dance-off with with Hillary, and that's fake. It's obviously fake. But um, the majority of it is real. And, uh, yeah. We got a little political in the episode today, but I, I don't think I'm going to add that. Because this is actually the Halloween show. Well, it's one of the Halloween shows. You know this is my favorite time of year. Because the whole, the origin of Wait What If was, uh, you know, exploring the what ifs around the world. What if? And uh, one of the best parts of that was, you know, early on we had a psychic come on the show on Halloween and, and give us all our readings. And then we did a, a ghost hunt last year. And I'm trying to remember what else. Oh, we had Hans Fex on last year who told us the story of how he climbed. Check it out. Check out this episode. It's just a year ago. I don't know what number it is. But he had, he... He started a business called Mini Museum. These are really cool. I own multiple uh, mini museums. Thank you, Hans, because you're basically just taking money out of my hands. But these things are great. I love them. They're really cool. They're they're like little plastic, uh, not plastic, resin. They're like resin boxes filled with like Dracula's sand from his, his castle, um, you know, different uh, bones and human skull is in one of them and... Uh, Japanese samurai sword and it's it's just really cool really really cool things to have it's right up my alley and he he relayed the story of how he got the um sand from Dracula's castle and it was a hell of a story he was like delirious climbing the side of a mountain which is infested with bears and wolves in the middle of the night in a rainstorm and he almost plummeted to his death I don't want to give too much away I'll put the link actually at the bottom of the show notes you want to listen to that one Check it out. Tonight's guest is part of our, I, you know, we'll, we'll call this like, we'll steal the local, um, not local, uh, the TV's thing that they always say, 31 days of Halloween. Well, during October, we're going to have all sorts of cool stuff like this. So during our 31 days of Halloween, we're going to have Richard Ryder, stand-up comedian, who is also the host of Knock Knock Ghost. I would say, and, and I found with most comedians, I found this to be the case, that Yes, we're interviewing him today as the host of a of a ghost hunting show, 
but I think he's a comedian. I think most comedians, wherever they end up, they always consider themselves because it's, it's not easy to do. These guys have to really get an ass kicking on stage. I mean, you just have to learn human nature. You have to learn how to work a, an audience, work a room. And it's not a fun thing to do. If you're ever thinking about, I've done this. I've, I've spent a couple of years doing comedy down in Boston and it, it, the worst place possible you could go because you're just, you just get eaten alive. And for some reason you go back and you go back. Um, yeah, not an easy thing to do. Uh, if you have thick skin, go for it. But, um, yeah, Richard Ryder is a comedian. You can check out his website. I'll put all his links in the show notes. And he also is a, um, uh, I want to say announcer, but I just, the host, thank you, of uh, Knock Knock Coast, which is a ghost hunting show. It's pretty funny. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, it's on Amazon Prime. That's how I noticed it, because either I'll notice these things. on. It, it's really cool, like um, BBC or Canada, I don't know, <laughs> different channels up in Canada or even European channels, they'll have these really good shows that have run for a long time and we just never had a chance to watch them because they're not over here. Well, Netflix or, or Prime or someone like that will pick them up and put them on and then boom, you get like six seasons of a show you never even seen before. Sometimes there's subtitles and I'm lazy and I don't want to go through all that. But um, yeah, that's how I discovered his show, Knock Knock Ghost. So uh, just check it out on Prime. That's what, because most of my audience is American. I'll just say, go into Prime and check it out. So without further ado, oh yeah, we're also going to do a ghost hunt at some point. And it's going to happen in October. And we're going to go next door to Revival 1869, because apparently there's a place called Brick and Mortar here in Clayton, North Carolina, that is like off the charts haunted. So... Of course, I don't believe it, but we're going to go check it out anyways. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to do it live, probably Facebook Live again, just like we You're did You're listening year. to the Wait now, What If podcast. Without further ado, Richard. I know. I was actually. That's what I said on my my intro to this this episode. Uh, how I discovered uh, Knock Knock Ghost was the way I really discover anything. And and a lot of these, like I use Amazon Prime and I use Netflix. A lot right. of these companies will buy international programs that have been out for ten years. It just hasn't. Sure. You know, we haven't had a chance to watch it. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you have access to all of them. And it's like, hey, this right. is great. I mean, there's a ton. Yeah. Or or you know, even even stuff from Europe, European countries. You know, non English speaking countries yeah. that have fantastic shows. So yeah, oh, yeah, it's really cool, but it also sucks because you're like, I got nothing to watch, and there's you know five thousand right. things, and it really right. yeah, it's it's weird. And, I, and there's so much crap out there, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I don't. But some stuff is just crap. Yeah. And you, I don't know about you, but there's a level for me where I can't watch another piece of crap. Yeah. Like I'll watch a lot of stuff. Trust me. One of my guilty pleasures is watching MTV's The Challenge. Mm-hmm. I love that show. I am. I. I just. Oh, I just watch those idiots drink and fight. <laughs> it's. It's a good time for me. Uh, but you know, uh, a lot of the shows that I like. Um, I like challenge challenge shows where they have to do something or or build something. I'm not. I don't watch a lot of serial television anymore. And you know, one of the things that's interesting is. Um, and this is. This is. Uh, back to you asking, how did I get into Knock Knock Coast? Yeah. Uh, I watched a lot of these things on TV, uh, these crap shows. Uh, I don't even know that. I, and I, I need to be very clear here. I'm terrible with names. 
Okay. I will never remember the name of somebody or a TV show unless it's something I have to deal with all the time, mm-hmm. uh, which is so funny because when I host Knock Knock Ghost, uh, all the information, it's all down to me. Like they give me website links and things like that, but no one writes my intros. Nobody goes over information with me. I have to kind of glean all of this from like the person I'm interviewing, all of that. It's like being and, an independent uh, podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I quite world. enjoy it that way because it just allows it to come out naturally. Yeah. And, uh, but in, in some cases, um, uh, it's, uh, uh, it can, it can just be, uh, one of those things where, uh, you're stuck. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you, you just sitting there staring at people and I, <laughs> I don't know what the next thing is, what's happening, what's going on. Like we did this one show where, uh, they had, uh, one of the stories they gave me online was that the place had once been an orphanage of questionable, uh, uh, repute mm-hmm. uh, like there that some orphans had been uh, there was a doctor that was overseeing the orphanage and some of the orphans went missing or such things their t- tests whispers of tests well when I talked to the guy that was on charge he it had never been that huh okay it was just some some internet rumor that had built up and I was like oh okay and I talked to the producer Kyle and I was like what do we do like we can't lie like because that's one of the things right out of the gate I said was I don't want to fake anything. No, because some because, places, some people are are caught doing that, and it, it well, just and this is these shows. Rep. As I was saying, all of these things that I watched before, like, and, and again, as I say, I don't remember these names. Honestly, I'm not trying to protect any of them. I would right. say them if I knew what they were, uh, but some of them are just so whore, you know, whoreish. Like, like they're just they're just going setting you up for all of this, and then there's no follow through. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple that I like, like there's the one with the girl and the detective and he goes through first and gets the information and then she goes through after, yeah, but it's still filmed in very dramatic ways to over push and their reenactments are really built to cause more drama than there is in the show. And so when, when I said to, um, uh, Kyle, uh, I let's, we were filming the first episode. But the first episode was actually meant to be just an, uh, a trailer. We were just going to literally film a couple of what we all consider to be key scene elements for a ghost hunting show. Put it together as a trailer to sell the idea and hopefully get funding. We ended up getting so much footage that Kyle was able to put an hour together. It was just ridiculous. Like we had no intention for this. Huh. But in the evening, one of the things that had happened was I heard knocking behind me and I turned to Kyle and I said, is that you? And he says, well, I just, I just wanted to get some reactions on camera. And I said, well, we have to consider Jim's reputation as a psychic. Sure. Yeah. Like if we're faking stuff, I don't want his business to fall off. If somebody finds out that even once we did this. Yeah. And then, uh, I said also like, uh, the whole thing with Bree, uh, is that uh, like I, I didn't know Brie before we did this show, uh, but they thought it would be fun to sell Brie as a old childhood friend. Okay. And I said, well, you know, that's selling uh, a lie again because people would know I've never like. There's nothing in my any of my in, online presence that uh, Brie and I have ever been in the same room before. You know, and I don't want to make that a lie as well. Like we, so I had, I had said to Kyle, well, what if, what if she's my assistant? Cause yeah. that could make more sense. She doesn't even need to know me. It's just, we, we felt that in the making of this show, 
I might need an assistant. Wow. So here we, and uh, so that's how we kind of got the the dynamic together. Because, uh, but but oddly enough, I'd worked with Kyle on a couple of things without TV, and that's how he knew me. And he had come to me with this project saying, "Do you, uh, you know, what do you think?" And I was like, "Oh, uh, that's interesting." And he goes, "Do you know any psychics?" And I said, "You know what? Oddly, I do. I had met Jim." Uh, his wife is a comic, so I knew her. Okay. But I had met him through her and then had him on my radio show a couple times. So uh, I had worked with Jim on a number of occasions. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when Kyle asked me if I knew of a psychic, I was like, well, yeah. So I passed him on to to, to uh, Jim and they got on. And so, and that's how it all came together. But the first one we shot, we were only meant to do like, you know, these little tight shots of us doing all of this. And then when was it was that, all said, was that Fort Niagara? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's Fort Henry. Henry. Okay. In Niagara. Yeah. Niagara's our and, side. <laughs> and, yeah. And it was an interesting thing too, because, uh, we had a lot of just, there was some really good information. The person that we, inter that I interviewed just had great information. There was some interesting stories. Jim got some great feelings that happened that were there. Um, uh, there was this one thing that happened with my camera that was weird because we're in this room and there's a portrait on the wall and people have said that the portrait I, either will be reported to be in a different position. Sometimes there's a figure behind the portrait. And I had a camera in my hand, a little video camera. And I turned the camera towards the picture as they're talking because we're all we're all holding cameras to get different angles because we're trying to get as much footage for this short little thing because mm -hmm. we're only here for a couple of hours. Let's try and get as much as we can. And uh, I turned my camera to it and immediately went out. It stopped. It just stopped playing. Uh, the full battery, everything, but the whole thing powered down. And I was like, oh, I don't know what's wrong there. And uh, so we we changed the battery and. And, and then we did it again. And I was like, that is so weird because we were just talking about this weird picture. But then I found out that the picture and most of the things in the place weren't from the place. Hmm. They were all uh, like from that time period, donations, things, other families around donated them to dress the but they would have been things that would have been around at the time of the fort. Oh, right. But Cause it burned because of the fighting. Yeah. When it got raised to the ground, there would have been nothing. Yeah. So I thought it was weird that this portrait of whoever, and it's meant to be the queen of France at the time mm -hmm. or the, or cousin of the queen of something related to royalty, something British, something, whatever, Canada, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, but it wasn't from the place. So it was, if it was a haunted picture, it was like, well, what's the real haunt? Like it wouldn't be from here. Uh, but at the same time, that was just what I questioned, but the camera did go out a couple of times. And then when we were walking <laughs> through this hallway, uh, not a hallway, a hall, like it was a dining hall. There's a table down the middle. And at one end there was a piano with a chair. And as I'm, uh, and, and, a fireplace at the end of the hall mm -hmm. and on either side of the fireplace were doorways out of the hall. The camera guy, one of the camera guys is on one side of the table walking North. I'm on the other side walking North. He goes through his doorway. I go through mine, but as I go through mine, I turn and I see through, cause my camera's infrared. Mm -hmm. I can see the chair in front of the piano and it moves. It moved three feet. I scream like a girl. I it remember that from the show. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I lost my mind. We found out that the camera guy had kicked it. 
Yeah. And we put that into the story. Like we were honest at the camera. Sure. Yeah. But and I thought that, that was second. It scared the crap out of me. My reaction to it was so honest. That was admirable of the show to, to be like, look at this is what happened. Right. Um, but then at the end of that show, if you remember, there's that they stop it and they show you a silhouette in the doorway. There's a that. circle. They circle the silhouette in the doorway. And this is one of the reasons why I've never watched the show. Because oh, it scares the crap out of you? or scared the crap <laughs> out of me. Who is that? Who's standing there? Like, Because, you know, a lot of the stuff that Jim says he feels or sees or hears, you kind of kind of go, okay, like, I don't know what to do with that information. Right. Because even if that person is standing beside me, they can't affect me in any way. So it's, it's really down to whatever you're saying. So it, it's hard. And that's why when things do happen, it's like, oh, good. All right. They may not be big things, but like we were um, (laughs) because I'm often like things like orbs. It's like, well, isn't that just dust catching the light? Well, what light? What light are we shining? It's like stop being practical. But um, uh, when we do. uh, um, Oh, I've lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, uh, Jim and I. I always have this running joke with him. Uh, one day he came into the radio station for an interview and he brought a coffee and he said, I would have brought you a coffee, but I didn't know what you'd want. And I go, you're the worst psychic ever. <laughs> and, right. and that's my joke with him. But one of the things that's interesting is if you've ever been on a movie set or, or on a set where there's ADs running around with headphones, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes you're talking to them, they're talking to you, they're giving you information, all of a sudden they space out. And they look off to the left or right, and then you realize they're not even listening to you anymore. Someone's talking. They're to listening them, right. to the headset. Yeah, uh, that's what it's like with Jim sometimes because he'll see things off your shoulder, or next to you, or just behind you, and you know his, they catch his eye, and he looks and he looks back at you, and you realize he's just being distracted by things that aren't of any. They're it, not like this is his whole life, them. right? Even as yeah, a child, yeah, this is his life. He was like the sixth and, sense child from what I got yeah, from what he was saying. Yeah. Like we're often somewhere and he'll turn to somebody and say, uh, like we were in a restaurant in, in the near where I live. And he said to the owners, uh, do you have a lot of stuff gets moved around at night? And he looked at him and, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, and he was like, uh, there's a child here. And they like some people had heard laughter there, like the, the all the kitchen, everyone came out to talk to them because they were all they all had their own little stories, but nobody had put it together. Yeah. But he told them there was a child in the in the uh, restaurant that uh, he's not meaning any harm. He's just born, you know, and he's whenever people walk by or people come in or there's a plant that that he's always knocking over because it just gets them to do something, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's cute. Like, it's, it's interesting. Uh, he'll, uh, he'll, uh, set up meetings with people to, you know, for more information or, or in a case like that, uh, you know, he'll, uh, he'll come back and, and, and try and get the, the, uh, I, I hate to use the term exercise it, but, uh, you know, Jim's, yeah. uh, Jim's, Jim's the real deal. It's, it's really interesting. Cause I feel on a lot of levels with the show, like I don't, I hate to be dismissive of what he does because I, I'm, I'm so, I, like, I totally believe that he sees what he sees and he hears what he hears. And, right. Uh, right. And one of the things that we were talking about was, um, uh, recently in season two, we were in this, um, uh, 
Scottish um, rights building. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, I, I, I noticed a lot of stuff out of the corners of my eyes more. Mm-hmm. To the point where the next place we went was on this boat, this battleship. And we're sitting on the battleship in the front end. And this is so funny because we're all sitting in this ship. It's night. We're doing the ghost walk. I've already, we've done the interviews. We've talked to people. We've gone to different places where things are supposed to take place. I've even crawled my fat ass up and down little uh, ladders and holes in the ground uh, to sit in rooms on my own. Something I'm normally loath to do, but it's like, come on, something's got to give. Yeah. And uh, so I'm sitting, so it's now nighttime and we're on the boat and we're all sitting in the bulkhead of the boat which has a bench seating around the perimeter, like on the exterior wall. And then um, we're on the one side, on the left-hand side, and one of the camera crew is in the doorway. And Jim's sitting next to me. I'm closest to the door. Jim's uh, uh, next to me away from the door. And this guy, and he's maybe five, ten feet away from me. And uh, the light from outside is very minimal because it's uh, there is some electric light, but we've got portholes every so often. Mm-hmm. So there's this one light on where the guy is standing, and uh, uh, he's in this doorway. And whatever he said, I don't know what the conversation was, but he walked away. And he walked away, and a little like shadow movement went with him. You know what I mean? Like nothing, because the way the light was. But I had stayed looking at the door for some reason. And a full second after his shadow and his presence was out of the doorway, something crossed the door like a shadow. And it was a big one. And by nature of like, the first thing I did was go, oh, and Jim said, did you see that? And I went, I did. And he goes, oh, Richard. And I said, what was that? And he said, it's that guy that was, because we'd had an interaction with somebody and he'd been following us through the hole. He's just following the camera guy now to see where he's going because he knows we're all just sitting here. And I got up and looked around the corner like there was no window there projecting a light on the door. There was nowhere for somebody to be behind the door to, to walk and cause a shadow. Like there was no there was no logical way a shadow of that, that clarity and size would have gone on its own across the door without somebody being there. So it was it was one of those moments when you're like, oh. And I realized that a lot of these things are things that we just dismiss just because we're too busy. You know, we've got lives, we've got things to do. I can't see aliens today. I've got to be up <laughs> in the morning for a meeting. I can't talk to another dimension because my kid's got to be at soccer at six. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. think it's very, very normal for us to dismiss a lot of stuff. And as I say, the last couple of times we've been places, I notice things out of the corner of my eye that now draw my attention, whether they're legitimate or not. Whereas before I would have just ignored them out of hand and dismissed them as nothing but, oh, the lights, the passing car, whatever. And, you know, then, then by that attitude, you dismiss all chances of seeing anything. You know what I mean? Are you, would you label yourself a skeptic? Oh, totally. Okay. Totally. Like I, when I first started the show, I was very afraid of being scared. Right. I didn't want to see, uh, you know, I didn't want to shit my pants. I didn't want to, you know, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to be possessed or, you know, I have this fear (laughs) of being in dark rooms. 
it's not like a, a legitimate phobia. I can be in a dark room, but my initial reaction to it is, you know, uh, and in my own apartment, I live in a bachelor. I don't often walk through it without a light on somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can, just I can prefer relate to, to that. Have light. <laughs> uh, so, you know, when we first started the show, like it really bothered me some some situations. Yeah. But to tell you the truth, over the two seasons, uh, on a lot of levels, I've become so bored with it that it's like, no, I'll go sit in there by myself with a camera. Absolutely. Give me the camera. <laughs> yeah. I always wondered how MTV had a show out years ago, like yeah. maybe 15, 20 years ago, where they would go to these, you know, quote, haunted places and they would oh, be yeah. locked in overnight with just a, oh. you know, a steady cam or something like that strapped to them. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that just went in there regardless. And exactly. And, and as a skeptic, you know, I should be like, whatever, you know, but man, some of these like, you know, 18th century prisons and they, they're locked in a, in one of the prison cells by themselves yeah. for the entire yeah. night. I'm like, yeah. nope. you know, as a skeptic, I, I shouldn't be scared of anything, but there's no damn way you would ever get me doing that. And I but, guess, you know, even your grandmother's house is frightening at night. Yeah, you're right. You you're know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the place where cookies happen. Yeah. Well, it's, but, I think it's, 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 it's genetic in us. You know, we used to be afraid of wolves hiding around corners and now we yeah. don't have that, but you know, th those, yeah. those senses are still, still you know well i'll tell you there's been a couple of situations on this for me that have made me a doubting skeptic mm -hmm. uh, like for instance we were at this one place it was called the inn on the falls it was in bob cage in ontario beautiful place and the bar was the the uh horse stable and okay. uh, originally when the building was you and what was weird was we were down in the building uh, at one point we were down there and it was fine, blah, blah, blah. But then we went back to start filming and all of a sudden everyone talked about how much it smelled like hay. And it hadn't before we were down there. We all had a, we all got there at a, like an earlier time and had, you know, a beverage or two and talked about what we wanted the shoot to have. And, and then uh, got ready to start. And as we all got down that evening for the, the ghost walk kind of thing, it's like, what's with that smell? And, uh, that was that was the first thing that that was interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Also, at one point, and it always happens like you just get to a point in the evening where it's like I'm tired, you know. And you know, with anything, doesn't matter what you're filming, four hours, five hours of filming to get ten minutes, you know. So yeah, it, it does take a long time in some cases. So we're in this room. I'm standing on the one side of the bar, and. Uh, Jim is over in the corner saying, uh, you know, please knock or some such thing. And, and it's been going on for a long time. And I, and in my mind, I'm like, just fucking knock already. Jesus Christ. I'm starting to question my, my uh, conversation with Kyle about not faking it. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get <laughs> and, something. <laughs> and then, and then just as I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, uh, the camera guy next to me goes, Ugh. and I turned to him to go right and when I saw him, he wasn't next to me. He was on the other side of the bar. Like he was easily eight feet away from me. And mm. I thought that he was literally at my shoulder because this uh, came through like very soft, but very loud, like distinctly, like, you know, a quiet sound that's very close. But what was interesting was he had a weird look on his face too. And, you know, it made me, it made me aware that he had heard the same thing, but he thought it was me closer to him. Like he clearly was shocked I was that far away. Hmm. And one of the things we do on the show is we talk about anything. 
you know, like if it happens, we talk about it. And so we brought it up right away. But that was the first time I think I had done something where I was like, oh, yeah, something's going weird. on. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you want something to happen. Sure. We want validation. Want it to be a big something. You don't want it to be like bleeding walls. Because <laughs> if it, if you see, like if, if the big holy grail of, of ghost hunting, which I don't know what that would be, maybe a full apparition know. talking to you, if you see that, you're suddenly validated for the afterlife. You say, okay, now either that means I'm going to be haunting a bar for, <laughs> for eternity, yeah. or at least I know there's something beyond this because that's the big question. That's what keeps yeah. people, you know, telling their ghost stories is, is that cause we don't know, no one knows there's been 7 trillion people that lived on this earth that aren't here anymore. And, yeah. and they're not marching down the street. You know, we don't, it, all we have is these little tiny things that, that, that seem to happen. So it's, it's, yeah. yeah. I had I had this so every time I hear a ghost story I, I always yes. try to in my head I'll go okay it could be this it could be that I mean that's just what my brain does right um, I had th- this is the strangest story uh, that I, I have no explanation for I mean my explanation would be would be um, just completely coincidental but this has happened on more than one occasion uh, and I, I tell my wife whenever I have one of these weird dreams now and I don't know if it's like the case of the the guy with a hammer looking for a nail or if these things really right. happen but I had this dream. I was in the service and I, I was just about to get out and I, it was the weirdest dream. I'm running across a field holding a, a small Asian baby. And, oh my. And, and I'm an Asian woman. Okay. In this dream. And I'm thinking, and, and I remember, and I'm thinking back and I can't remember the exact details, but it was, I was running, there was a hill or a wall or a fence and I'm trying to get the baby over the fence. And there's all these Asian people on the other side. Oh my God. And then behind me is a giant wave and it's just coming in terrifying. Like tsunami. Like a tsunami. And it hits me and I wake up and I'm like, that was terrifying. And I tell my wife, you know, I, I had this dream. And you've had that dream more than a couple times? Well, well, this specific one I had, and here's the thing. It was, it was before the um, Christmas tsunami, the one that happened uh. Uh, and it was about a week before, maybe less, maybe five days oh. before it happened. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell was that? What That's was terrible. it? Am I Nostradamus? <laughs> well, you know, because the hard thing there is for whatever reason that you would have a dream like that in the first place, whatever impetus, whatever little seed that just logically brought that series of points to fruition in your mind right that's horrific oh yeah yeah a dream like that easily becomes something you have more than a couple times because it's horrific it's embedded Mm -hmm. you know like that's that's a lot Uh, and so it's easy i think for a lot of people to then go oh is this more than it is is it less than it is is this past life is this what and and i'm not saying this to discredit what you're saying but the, the thing that, that we forget is that these things in of themselves are horrible. Right. The horrible thing to have to have experienced. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to know that you actually lived it or that you're experiencing some poor woman's uh, demise in 12 hours over in, in Isn't you know, that crazy? My, the South Seas. My thoughts are this, right? We're, we're kind of... Um... Picture our lives are like on a track, okay? And right. and that track has a beginning and an end. And once it's set into motion, you're set into motion. And it's linear sure. and you can only experience it moment by moment. And then, you know, the end and the beginning are two separate things. But yeah. but in reality, time 
and consciousness is is almost like a fishbowl. There's we experience it in a linear fashion, but everything think about back to the Big Bang. Everything that ever was and will be all was encompassed in a pinpoint of light. Right. Time didn't mean the same as it means now. Space didn't mean the same. Gravity, everything was just all warped, you know, thing, it, nothing was linear. And so I think at the conscious level, maybe somewhere, like we, we think our brains are these simple things, but, but maybe we can experience existence outside of our linear ability to exist. That's, how, that's the only way I can describe any sort of psychic ability where people can maybe see something in the future or talk about something that hasn't happened yet. Because, because, and again, it's hard. It's like trying to describe the color purple to a blind person, right? How do you describe, well, exactly. yeah. How do you describe time in a, instead of being in a linear fashion, but being in one, I guess, yeah. moment. Well, you're, you know? you're also asking like, it's like, how do you explain to somebody what it's like to be gay? or what it's like to be in the wrong body or right, right. To, to whatever it is. Like there's, you know, we're so insular as people. It's ironic how social we have to be and how private we are. Yeah. Like we really do avoid too much investment with each other beyond social things. Mm -hmm. The one-on-one -on -one is where we suck. Like we can live in a building and have a tenants association but how many people on your floor do you actually know by name? Right, right. You know, things like that. I, I'm always perplexed by the fact that we're very, very in need of each other and revulsed at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so we're, well, we're social creatures, you know, yeah, and yeah. we've got to look at, at evolution. And that's, and, yeah. and that doesn't mean I'm dismissive of, you know, a bigot or something like that, but no, to, to understand, no. to understand where someone would have hatred yeah. or dislike or something yeah. towards someone else, it, it yeah. has to come from, you know, maybe as, as when we were tribal, maybe when we lived in small groups that something different comes in and you, right. you have to look at it and say, okay, that this, this person dresses different than me. Should I try, you know, cause yeah. it could be the end of your, your group. And, yeah. and unfortunately nowadays everybody has babies with everybody we all live all over the world yeah. together and yeah nobody nobody's different people people still yeah. harbor that yeah. i guess i don't know that's that's i guess a simple but then way. but then you know here here i was in north bay mm -hmm. uh sorry thunder bay performing at this theater thousand seats the next day and i you know i had a great night everyone enjoyed there was laughter there was claps you know, I felt it was successful. Mm -hmm. uh, the next day I got a text from somebody who had been at the show and they had said that uh, two people, two couples had left minutes after I said I was gay. Yeah. And <laughs> well, but the thing was like, I, like, and they were, they were being supportive of me. I was so upset that that those cup, that couple, those couples left. And I went, what couples? They go, well, two couples left. Apparently they wanted their money back. And I thought only two, yeah, because we're talking about Thunder Bay here. Like this is not Toronto. It's not New York. It's not Paris. Do you know what I mean? This is sure. northern Ontario, you know, where they have to worry about bears in the spring and their garbage, not raccoons, you know. Wow. And uh, and so I, I thought that that was really good. And I wonder how many people wouldn't have come, including the four people like because, you know, I'll bet you the guys didn't want to hear it. The wives left with or the girlfriends, whatever. And that's what happened. But I'll tell you, I didn't know they were leaving. They didn't make a stink. It didn't interrupt the show. And it was only four people out of a thousand. Yeah. Like that's fine. If, if 400 had left, I would have been a little more hurt, but, uh, <laughs> 
and then I thought, you know, like if they had advertised me and, they, and somebody could have looked me up online and gone, oh, he's gay. And maybe those two guys wouldn't have gone. Maybe those two girls would have gone on their own with girlfriends mm-hmm. or, right. you know, maybe yeah, more people that. wouldn't have come out of not wanting to hear a gay comic out of prejudice. And then there would have been a group of people that wouldn't have seen me, had a good time and then walked away thinking, oh, I guess they're not all yeah. limp-wristed Nancy boys or whatever, you know. Uh, so like there's some pros and cons to kind of not giving them a choice before the show. One of the, one of the more profound things that have affected my life, you always see, you know, there's little tidbits of information you gather through life. And one of the more profound ones was when, so we always tend to say us and them. And this kind of, I guess, piggybacks on my whole idea of, of folks who, you know, we were tribal people or we were small groups and hunter gatherers or whatever. Um, but so this came or this this bit of advice came in context of talking about Germany in 1939. Right. OK, the right. Nazis were in power and we look back and we say those people were horrible. Those people did horrible things. Those people like we separate ourselves from yeah. them because because yeah. we can't imagine ourselves participating in such an action. No. But then the the and I wish I remember who said this because it affected my life so much, but it was don't look at them as they were this way. Don't look at um, uh, the people who beat the crap out of the gay um, right. uh, people over at the Stonewall Cafe as as those people, as those. Right. You have to say we, right? We yeah. did this. As humans, yeah. we killed 6 million Jews, right? Yeah. As humans, yeah. we killed 25 million Cambodians. This yeah. is what we did as a race, as a yeah. I mean, human race. And, yeah. and when I was like, because you can't, it, what it does is it, it did it. It made me humble. It made me realize yeah. that I'm not better than anyone else. Yeah. I was just raised well, or I just, I, I you know, whatever reason that I became who I am and, and yeah. accepting of others is, is just because I was lucky, I think. But could I have easily been the person that walked out of a gay comic? I, I maybe, I don't know. Uh, I would like to think I, I wouldn't, but. You know, yeah. people. But are... here's the thing that's interesting. As a male comic, a white male comic, I walk out on that stage and I'm guaranteed a solid audience reception. Mm-hmm. As a female comic, immediately the audience is divided. Yeah. yeah. If I'm a female comic of color, oh, well, I don't know. Uh, if I'm a male of color, uh, it's equal to a female of any color. Like, I think. A female of color is almost reacted to on a double uh, question because it's it's gender and race now. Mm-hmm. But the thing with being a gay comic is, especially as a white man, my white privilege is is uh, uh, by choice. Like the minute I choose to self-identify, then there's prejudice if there's going to be. Right. Okay. But as a woman, as a as anybody visible. Uh, somebody of a different race, uh, disabled, uh, whatever it is. When you walk out on that stage, there's no reveal. People know exactly what they're dealing with. If somebody's in the middle of a racist joke and somebody of color walks in, they stop talking. Mm-hmm. But the problem with gays is you can almost never know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that scares a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of people that react to that negatively. Like that's part of what makes the whole thing negative for them is is the secretive way why can't we oh you know this is why 
Hitler put uh, triangles on them. Oh, you know to what identify, I mean? right. Yeah. yeah, like it's because you don't know. It could be any. It's the one thing about being human that's common. Yeah. Every race, religion, sex has homosexuality in it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know, you can have your stereotypes, but you're right. You're not going to. I mean, wasn't, weren't the Romans, weren't, weren't a lot of them openly gay? And these guys oh, were, they like, were half naked and they didn't see women for a long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, these guys as long are... as it's warm, as long <laughs> <laughs> these guys were probably the most, I don't know. Men are pigs. This keep this in mind. Men are pigs. Yeah. A yeah. blow job's a blow job. Men are, um... a, a good fucking is a good fucking. As long as nobody talks and the balls don't slap where they're not supposed to, <laughs> everyone's going to have a good time. I think <laughs> the funny thing is, right. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a hack joke, but they say thinking with your second or with your other head, Right. Again, I go back to evolution. I mean, that's what that's what we were programmed to do. We could say, you know, we like to think we're these these eloquent, very um, smart beings, but we're naked apes. That's all we are. And but we, we are elo- eloquent. And, <laughs> to, and we we are artistic, and we we're, are we're learning to beautiful as well. We're learning to. But the, the, that pendulum does a fuck of a lot of swinging. Yeah. You know, yeah, we yeah, go from, really does. from Michelangelo. Like, you don't think Michelangelo didn't like a little uh, uh, twinkle tickle every <laughs> once in a while? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the, the thing is, you know, we, the Puritans fucked us right up the ass, ironically enough, uh, by by making us afraid of sex. Right, right. You know, they, 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 it's, it's, it's the reason we're here is sex. And by not acknowledging it or exploring it like i think of somebody said today uh it was so funny we we were uh, playing board games because that's what i am a nerd, a nerd. <laughs> okay and uh, one of the guys said oh we were playing um cards against humanity or whatever that is and his boyfriend's mother now they're in their 40s so the mother would have been in her 60s mm-hmm. i'm going to uh uh, say with kindness. Uh, she in her 60s somewhere there. And uh, she's looking at the card, looking at the card. It's like, what word are you having trouble with, mom? She goes, well, what's a clitoris? <laughs> Rhymes with Dolores. <laughs> everyone looked at her with sadness. But it's like, you're a 60-year-old woman. You have no idea what your clitoris is. Like, it just made everyone sad because they were also. it wasn't like a, oh, ha, 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 mom said clitoris. It was like, really, mom? You don't know? Yeah, I guess and, it was the, the you know Puritans, what I mean? right? There was a sadness there. Yeah. Like, that means you've never been laid properly. You've had two children, and, and there was no joy in it whatsoever. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it always I always talk to my wife about breasts. I know that just I yeah. just set myself up yeah. there, didn't I? But yeah. um, we, we no, but tits are great, and we put this giant tits taboo on them. And and what are Have they a for? Joke about tits, right? All men like tits. You know what men like more than tits? Big tits. <laughs> <laughs> but what are they? Right? They they. So people get upset when a woman um, breastfeeds in public. It's like you, you're. Are you shitting me? She's feeding yeah, a baby. <laughs> what are you? Yeah. What are you freaking out about? I can't. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just so. Or butts. Another thing. They always blur out butts on naked and and afraid. Have you ever seen that yeah. show? Yeah. Some of them should be blurred out. Yeah. That I guess they Let's should. Let's face it. Just because you're fit or healthy or thin doesn't mean you have a nice ass. <laughs> but it's the one thing we all have, right? <laughs> I know. We all have butts. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. Got to blurt you know, them out, it's, though. It's weird because Europe is so much 
you know, it's they're different. Like the, you see a lot of things even in commercials in Europe that nobody would think of here. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, it, we we do have issues, we do have problems, and uh, you know, for me, I, I I don't know when something's blurred out for me, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, but then if you're blurring out that, then blur out football. Sure. Yeah. Or you know or. I mean? Uh, movies saving private ryan you know (laughs) they're never blurring out movies that's the point yeah yeah but i don't know it's uh sexuality scares people yeah you know a lot of people you know they 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 they, they've never even said out loud what their thing would be like the thing they wish would happen or the thing they'd like to do or that secret uh truth like they don't even admit it to themselves and 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 this is trained. This is this is evolutional training. Like mm-hmm. uh, generations have gone through this. We we we're in societies now where it's just social to not act certain ways. Uh, one of the things that I've been amazed at with the whole um, I'm, I apologize for those sirens. Apparently, that's all right. For. Adds it adds <laughs> to it. <laughs> but um, one of the things that uh, uh, amazes me about the Me Too movement and all of that is that all of a sudden now the casting couch is wrong. We've had jokes made of it. Movies are built around it. Uh, Plot lines in in plays and TV shows and things, their characters. Uh, The TV show Smash, second season of TV show Smash, the director in the show is is, uh, charged for sexual harassment. And this is just at the beginning of Me Too. Wow. They wrote it into the storyline. But it's like, but for decades it was known and accepted. Like people thought, oh, okay, nobody actresses, like these, these uh, B, D, C list actresses slept with directors. They don't want to think that Marilyn Monroe and Audrey Hepburn had to do it too. Do you know? Yeah. But the hard thing about that for me was uh, that, you know, my joke was. I feel bad for the stupid good lookings whose life trajectory involves sleeping their way to the top. Sure. Because now that they can, what are they going to do? Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ask you if you want fries with that. You know, it's not. Are you, are not you in, in today's day and age, are you ever afraid yeah. about using a joke? Because some people, so I'm, I, a little I'm more sensitive to, to like, I used to, especially because I do a lot of hosting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, when I go on stage, I usually it's crowd work, and I look at the girls that usually there's always a group of girls that are out together. There's no boys with them, or maybe it's couples, a group of people. Maybe it's a group of friends, and there's a couple couples. But most of the girls are like, you know, they got their boobs out and they're pretty and happy. And, and I, I would often say, "Look at you with your tits out, you whore," you know, like things like that. And I've had conversations with comics who've said, you know, you can say anything. You never seem to upset people. And so I don't trust in that. Like, I don't go on stage saying, oh, I can say anything to these people. Mm -hmm. But I I think my intention is clear. Like, nobody feels that I'm going to be mean. And that plays a huge Uh, part. Attention, obviously. Yeah, like when I go on stage and, you know, a lot of women are there with their boyfriends and they are like, oh, and we're in the front row and they cross their arms and they kind of get ready. They're going to get picked on by this straight, middle-aged, fat, bald, nobody. Uh, and then I go out there and I'm like, look at you, you poodle. Is that your boyfriend? You are too hot for him. I hope his dick is huge. You know? <laughs> yeah. And and they're like, and they were immediately they're like, who are you? You know? And, 
and girls love it when a gay man tells them their boyfriend's hot because that's like a stamp of approval. <laughs> Your boyfriend's right. gay hot. You know, he's not just hot, he's gay hot. And, uh, they, like, and they love that. Like, and women love that. But then I start to see the men cross their arms. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's far too much talk about, you know, blah, yeah. blah. And, and then I pull it back because I don't have to talk about gay stuff. Like, uh, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to edit myself. It's like, well, I'm not editing myself. I'm just aware of a, of a paying audience. Yeah, sure. And that, that and I want sense. them to have a good time and I don't want to put them in a, you know, a lot of, some people just aren't ready to have conversations Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I don't want to have them either. <laughs> I think, I think there's a, a, a bit of, and this coming, I guess, from my background in comedy, comedy is uh, sacred, you know, it, you should yeah. be able to, and if you can't read an audience, if you don't know how to play the audience or, or, even use jokes when you need to use jokes, then you're just not a good comic. Like look at um Kramer. I can't remember his name, yeah, which is probably yeah. a good thing. When he went Rich into that, stuff. yeah, when he went into that racial, racial, uh, that was yeah. obviously something was going on there. He was not, you know, he was literally. But you can almost look at any anything that's happened like that. Uh, there's been a couple of comedy things where some from Kathleen, Kath, uh, Catherine, uh, uh, Kathy uh, Griffin. Mm-hmm. And the head, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's been a number of incidents where comics have done something and then uh, had to apologize. Now, in some cases, like Kathy Griffin, I was sorry that she apologized, and I'm glad that she's mad that she did as well, and that she's been using this tour that she's had to, uh, uh, you know, tell Trump to go fuck himself. Uh, but uh, then there's people like like Kramer, uh, and people get mad at them for being bad comics. Well, he's not a comic. Kathy no, Griffin is a comic, and what she did was fine. The problem was a bunch of people all went, oh, Kathy, and she reacted to that, as opposed to dismissing everything, walking away, letting all the ch- uh, chips fall where they may, saying nothing. Yeah. And then she would have been, it would have been the, the, uh, the, uh, Dixie chicks all over again. You well, know what it's, I mean? It's the classic statement. Um, and we say this a lot in the, in the veteran world of, I, you know, I might not agree with anything you say, but I'll defend to the death. You're right, You're right to, right say, to it. say it. And, it, and it's, it's the way it should be. You should never have to apologize. No. I mean, I suppose yeah. in the modern world where it'll cost you and we live, you know, y- your uh-huh. thoughts are basically out in space. You're, uh-huh. you're tweeting yeah. your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. You might have to apologize for some things, <laughs> right? But you, you, you don't have to, they're not going to put a gun to your head and say, apologize. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. But Michael Richards, Michael Richards be right. racist on stage. Uh, that's an actor who, we forget the reason we like him is somebody else has been writing what he right. said for the last 10 years. There's nothing about that man that says anything he has to say or think about is relevant or helpful to society, yeah. except the performance he gives. And we, we project a lot of stuff on these people. And on top of that, he's not a comic. Right. He wasn't a comic before he started acting. He's not Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld would know better to not have done anything or if he were to take it on in a way that still would have been funny. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with Michael Richards was he wasn't able to make it funny. There was an event here in Canada out in Vancouver where a comic who isn't a famous comic, like don't get me wrong. He's an amateur. He's in the amateur circle, maybe the up and coming, but he had, uh, 
uh, insulted and berated some lesbians and they sued him and the club, the bar. It wasn't even a club. It was a bar that had a comedy event. Okay. And the problem was that he wasn't funny. It wasn't, it wasn't like if he had been funny, he wouldn't, he maybe wouldn't have even engaged these women the way he had, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's just a lot of people out there calling themselves comic or hiding under uh, a comedic, I, yes, you can say what you want, but if it's not funny, don't tell people you're a comic because clearly you're lying. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to pay your dues in comedy. You really, yeah. really do. Yeah, like own what you said. Don't be a pussy, mm-hmm. or 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 start kissing some ass, but don't make excuses. That's why I don't agree with um, this push to ban people from social media because my thinking is, you don't want to force people underground i like it when yeah. i know who's you know what your cards are right yeah. and there shouldn't yeah. be there shouldn't be now if you're harassing or you're threatening or you're doing something like that that's another story because now yeah. you're now you're you're stepping on the rights of someone else but but to say stuff i mean i don't know if it's the same atmosphere up in canada but down here i mean you, you got to remember that america was founded on this uh rebellious I mean, it was a rebellion, yeah, but it was um, like a very liberty type of thing, right? People think, oh, we could go on for a while on this one, but I, I like but that's to explain. The thing that makes America great and mm-hmm. unique is their, their national pride, regardless of who they vote for, regardless of what color they are, regardless of how long their families live there. Americans are very proud to be American. It's very unique. It's very, um, it's, it's uh, to be studied. Sure. You know, it's the one thing I think that sets you uh, above all nations. And, you know, here's Canada right above you and Mexico below below you. And we mm-hmm. don't feel that way. Yeah. I mean, America is how many trillions of dollars in debt? It, it has the worst president in the history of itself. And it's <laughs> still the best country in the world. Suck on that. Yeah. Suck yeah. on it. And that and <laughs> and people don't feel that way anymore. And and, but, but you know, it's an opinion. Right. The people that say it's not the best country in the world, that's their opinion. Sure. And they're allowed to have it. But yeah. it's still true. It is the best country in the world in that it's everyone talks about it. It's the great experiment. It is. Everyone wants to move there. If they don't move there, then they're taking over the culture in their own country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more people speak English uh, than Mandarin right now uh, in Europe, especially because they see the validity of of the the american uh the whole business uh even with trump in there yeah. it's amazing well you know, and then you, you got to remember too i mean he's a gregarious figurehead right yeah uh, yeah our system is is designed to okay you know and, and the, the founding fathers thought of this they said well what if we get some some you know off the cuff person in there well we have two other branches that are equally as powerful. We have the legislative branch and the judicial right. branch. So it's like one president really doesn't have all that power where no. he has the power is, is, you know, his off the cuff remarks. I mean, this guy's the leader of the free world. I wish someone would take his damn Twitter away, but still look at that. Look at the, look at the industry that's cropped up because of him on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, now I'm the first person to say that, okay, the economy in America is doing well right now, but isn't that more a benefit of the programs Obama put in action? But then you sit there and think he's been in power two years now. Mm-hmm. And you look at things like Alec Baldwin on Saturday Night Live. You look at the, the uh, cartoon, The American President. Um, 
there's so many lampooning things. There's so many people out there talking about what he's tweeting about. More yeah. people have jobs because of him being in office just from a social, uh, social political, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I want to tell the listeners real, real quick uh, how I found you and Knock okay. Ghost. Uh, the first thing is, and this is a compliment to you, when I, um, when I found Knock Knock Ghost, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this. And I put it on. Uh, right. your, your presence on camera is fantastic. You, you just, and I don't know if that comes from just your years of being on stage, but you just have a very, very uh, good, I mean, you, you just get drawn in. You're like, I want to listen to this guy talk. And oh, thanks. I, it's, I've I mean, never, I've never watched an episode. I watched one episode. It's hard. It's hard to, I was in a movie. I, can't I was in a, watch myself because I become too self-conscious. I was in a documentary and I hate watching it. Uh, I saw it. I'm like, I can't, I can't be in the same room. I can't no. watch myself do this. No, but, um, that, and then that first episode, Fort Henry, where you're, you're in front of right. a building and you're talking and then Bree jumps out from behind you. I was like, that's it. I'm in. That was a that's hysterical so funny, right? scene. And here's a question. Is, is he, she as, because you refer to her as, yes. uh, as a little person, but she looks like she's about six, four. <laughs> oh, she, I don't know. I think she's six, two out of here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but the thing, the thing that's great with Brie is, um, uh, cause a lot of people, there was a lot of confusion. Well, there wasn't any, but there was a lot of worry on her part, uh, cause she transitioned from male to female between season one and season two. Right. And so if people see season one, they're introduced to Brian. Right. Right. And Brian's a very over the top, very gay, uh, uh, comedy relief sidekick, mm -hmm. uh, persona. Uh, and, uh, then in season two, uh, we are introduced to Brie and, uh, Brie. What's interesting is, in season one, Brian was the butt of a lot of jokes and not oh, you, really like jokes, but situations. You dressed her up and debated yeah. her. That would mean that yeah. was so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and much to Brian's delight, uh, he had absolutely no problem doing it. He was, uh, uh, a lot of the things that we would come up with for the show, we would discuss, uh, uh, what happens is Kyle, we don't really have a writer for the show. So Kyle, the producer and myself, he'll throw ideas at me. I was thinking because we're in this environment, this would be a funny scenario. Maybe we'll get Bree to do that. We'll do this. Maybe you could do that. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'll say what I think is funny or, or like in a lot of cases for me, I'll do anything, but if I don't see why it's funny, like I have, I've, I have to understand it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes it'll be like, well, I see what you're saying, but this isn't it. Like, like what, what if we, so we come together as a group really on a lot of the scenarios. And uh, so everything that we do with, with Brian in season one, of course he's in on and, and, uh, but what's funny in season two, uh, we have this running, I don't even know how it started, but Brie, uh, the only thing I want from her is a cup of coffee. And for the whole season, uh, she doesn't bring it to me. And it's just very <laughs> funny running gag through the whole season. Also, uh, I'm the butt of a couple of jokes. Uh, so I really like how it's kind of all of a sudden with her transitioning, the di the uh, dynamics of the cast has kind of balanced out. We've done a lot more fun things with Jim. Um, uh, it's just been an interesting uh, process. So I, 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 one of the things that I'm just impressed with also is um, – Marie was really nervous to uh, 
come out to production because she was afraid they would not want to continue using her on the show. And of course, that was the last thing anyone thought. Uh, but, you know, it really makes you realize, like, there's a lot of fear that people live with when they're left to their own devices and they don't talk about things. And, uh, and I'm, I mean, we're very proud uh, uh, to have her on the show. And uh, um, she's, she's been, uh, uh, you know, one of, those, one of those sources of inspiration for a lot of things. I think uh, another good gag was when Jim, who who comes off as this very reserved, quiet sort yes. of guy, uh, you go into a room and Bree was making a happy tent or something, a happy place oh, tent. Oh, yeah, right. And then yeah. all of a sudden Brian pops up from behind the bed. And he's like, I found a quarter. <laughs> it was just, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can tell, I mean, it looks like just a really good environment to work. As a creative guy myself, you know, I do blogs and, and multiple podcasts and stuff. It's like a dream. I would love to be on a set where everyone just... You know, you have because right now I'm I'm a solo oh, you guy. Should come, you should come to a shoot, or we should come to Boston. Are you in Boston? No, I'm down in North Carolina now. Oh, North yeah. Carolina! God bless you. Outs- How are you doing? Outside of Raleigh, I've been here oh, for yeah. a while. I just don't dig the heat. That's my only thing. You didn't get a lot of the uh, tornado or the we, hurricane. We got the the edge of it, so we, we oh, okay. fared much better. Matthew, right. a couple years ago, really hit us hard, but yeah, this oh, uh, just south well, of us. About you should come down there. I'm sure there's a few haunted things in North Carolina. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But, they um, have all these. No, it's there. it's we we love having people on the set because you know you you don't think of what you're doing. Yeah. You know. Uh, like, like, um, you know, you forget we were, <laughs> we have a couple of, uh, of, uh, pieces of equipment. Uh, one of them was this teddy bear and we used it specifically yes. for one location That's where right. there was purportedly a child uh-huh. and we thought it would draw the child out. We'll jump ahead to a couple of episodes later. We're at this fort. We're always in a fort cause it's Canada. All of our old buildings <laughs> were forts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're in this fort and there's this uh, assistant, camera assistant or somebody, and she keeps like nervously saying, I keep hearing voices. And I'm like, oh, okay. What are they saying? You know, it's just like, I can't really tell. And it was weird. So it went on and on and people were like, oh, we can't get that on camera. Cause whenever we would be quiet, nothing would happen. And then I was sitting there by myself cause they're all filming something. And finally I hear the voice. And it's, you just hear just, and it sounded almost like a radio voice. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And so, and I'm alone. And this is the thing, you know, I'm not, I'm a skeptic, but I'm scared to death. of if something came, if, if a voice said, kill everyone, I, I would be so afraid to not kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, so I'm walking over to where I'm hearing this voice and I'm getting closer. And it's like, what if the... And it really sounds kind of like staticky and like, you know, uh, Carol Ann, you know. And uh, I find this bear, someone's left it on. It's in the bottom of this pile of equipment and it's chattering. Yeah, it's a ghost bear like that. That. Yeah, and it really, it only reacts to like any kind of, and it, like just uh, any change of energy or anything around it, anything, any fluctuations or whatever. Yeah. And with all of the uh, batteries and equipment around it, it was getting affected. Uh, but it was just so funny because here, that's what the sound was. Uh, we were on a boat once and we're all sitting in the boat very quietly just waiting. And Jim's like, you know, if you're here, blah, blah. And we hear, all of a sudden we start hearing like, like very soft, almost like if, if you weren't listening hard, you wouldn't hear it. Explosions. And it sounds like bombs. 
And somebody's like, what is that? Is that a ghost battle? Are we hearing the battle? That <laughs> and we're sitting there and we're sitting there and then we're like, okay, and we move on to the next thing. As we move through the boat, we realize it's fireworks across the bay. Oh, okay. That's what, you know, but I mean, like you're so on pins and needles. Like it's like, you're almost, somebody breaks wind. I hear the devil. You yeah. Know what yeah. I mean? it's, it's, it That's... could be anything you don't know. And, uh, we were in, uh, we were in a, a stairwell. Uh, if you're here, knock and the most distinct, this was in the, the psychiatric hospital, the most distinct to knock, like knock, knock. And the look on my face, I haven't seen the episode, but I'm sure the camera got it because I think I looked right into a camera. But the look on my face was like, oh, oh <laughs> shit, we're going to die. You know, like it was like, oh, God. And there, there are moments that definitely you're like, whoa. Nice. But sometimes the waiting for that moment, you know, you're like, oh, kill me now. Well, every every year for my podcast, it's a tradition now. Um, we do a ghost hunt and it's I'll, okay. s- I'll send you um, you can see you can see how a one man show does it. I'll send you a link to okay. last year's <laughs> video. But I mean, what's amazing again, and this kind of goes back to the technology thing is using a camera. Uh, I mean, a cell phone. Um, a light we have a complete live feed that we can set up and right. and i have mediums come on and we'll go through a local <laughs> house around north carolina or really around clayton's where i live and we'll go through and do this little mock sort of and you know 20 30 minute ghost hunt. it's right. not mock but it's like you know let's get with someone you know we'll just ch- chat with these um ghost hunters and say all right what is it that you're doing what is it that you're seeing and uh yeah it's fun we have a lot of fun with it um, and that's, again, that's, that's, that's the beauty of this modern world is that you can do that. You know, anyone with yeah. a cell phone and a little bit of creativity can yeah. just, you can, can do that. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And, and the success I've had with this podcast has been, I don't know if it's been extraordinary. Like, I don't know how you describe it because if you're doing the work and you get the people who want to talk, people are going to listen, but it, but it's been, I guess, humbling to have folks come on, talk, and then to have a group of listeners actually engage with me, you know, and because right. I'm a guy, I'm a PA, I go to, I don't know if they have those up in Canada, but it's like a, a it's almost a doctor, you know, I, I see people and I fix broken toes and runny oh, noses yeah. all day long. That's what I do. But then the second I come home, I'm a podcast writer, um, booker, you know, I do wow. all, all the background. That's what I do. I just pay the Look bills. by being the world back together. Yeah. And talk. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. But with that, I want to extend my, uh, humble gratitude for taking your time and, um, and coming on the show and, and chatting. Oh, uh, my pleasure. All right. Well, uh, good luck with the new season and we'll, Thanks. we'll, uh, chat again. Yeah. All right. Have a good night. Thanks again. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Like us on facebook.com slash WWI podcast and at WWI podcast on Twitter. Drop us a line at waitswhatifpodcast at yahoo.com. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher or TuneIn Internet Radio.
hope you enjoyed your listening experience. Now go forth and expand your reality.